Chapter Forty of The Legacy of Cain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurney, Illinois. The Legacy of Cain by Wilkie Collins. Chapter Forty: The Bruised Heart when we stepped out on the landing i observed that my companion paused she looked at the two flights of stairs below us before she descended them it occurred to me that there must be somebody in the house whom she was anxious to avoid arrived at the lower hall she paused again and proposed in a whisper that we should go into the garden as we advanced along the backward division of the hall i saw her eyes turn distrustfully toward the door of the room in which helena had received me at last my slow perceptions felt with her and understood her eunice's sensitive nature recoiled from a chance meeting with the wretch who had laid waste all that had once been happy and hopeful in that harmless young life will you come with me to the part of the garden that i am fondest of she asked i offered her my arm she led me in silence to a rustic seat placed under the shade of a mulberry tree i saw a change in her face as we sat down a tender and beautiful change at that moment the girl's heart was far away from me there was some association with this corner of the garden on which i felt that i must not intrude i was once very happy here she said when the time of the heartache came soon after i was afraid to look at the old tree and the bench under it but that is all over now i like to remember the hours that were once dear to me and to see the place that recalls them do you know who i am thinking of don't be afraid of distressing me i never cry now my dear child i have heard your sad story but i can't trust myself to speak of it because you are so sorry for me no words can say how sorry i am but you are not angry with philip not angry my poor dear i am afraid to tell you how angry i am with him oh no you mustn't say that if you wish to be kind to me and i am sure you do wish it don't think bitterly of philip when i remember that the first feeling she roused in me was nothing worthier of a professing christian than astonishment i drop in my own estimation to the level of a savage do you really mean i was base enough to ask that you have forgiven him she said gently how could i help forgiving him the man who could have been blessed with such love as this and who could have cast it away from him can have been nothing but an idiot on that ground though i dared not confess it to eunice i forgave him too do i surprise you she asked simply perhaps love will bear any humiliation or perhaps i am only a poor weak creature you don't know what a comfort it was to me to keep the few letters that i received from philip 
when i heard that he had gone away i gave his letters the kiss that bade him good-bye that was the time i think when my poor bruised heart got used to the pain i began to feel that there was one consolation still left for me i might end in forgiving him why do i tell you all this i think you must have bewitched me is this really the first time i have seen you she put her little trembling hand into mine i lifted it to my lips and kissed it sorely was i tempted to own that i had pitied and loved her in her infancy it was almost on my lips to say i remember you as an easily pleased little creature amusing yourself with the broken toys which were once the playthings of my own children i believe i should have said it if i could have trusted myself to speak composedly to her this was not to be done old as i was versed as i was in the hard knowledge of how to keep the mask on in the hour of need this was not to be done still trying to understand that i was little better than a stranger to her and still bent on finding the secret of the sympathy that united us eunice put a strange question to me when you were young yourself she said did you know what it was to love and to be loved and then to lose it all it is not given to many men to marry the woman who has been the object of their first love my early life had been darkened by a sad story never confided to any living creature banished resolutely from my own thoughts for forty years past that part of my buried self had lain quiet in its grave and the chance touch of an innocent hand had raised the dead and set us face to face again did i know what it was to love and to be loved and then to lose it all too well my child too well that was all i could say to her in the last days of my life i shrank from speaking of it when i had first felt that calamity and had felt it most keenly i might have given an answer worthier of me and worthier of her she dropped my hand and sat by me in silence thinking had i without meaning it god knows had i disappointed her did you expect me to tell my own sad story i said as frankly and as trustfully as you have told yours oh don't think that i know what an effort it was to you to answer me at all yes indeed i wonder whether i may ask something the sorrow you have just told me of is not the only one is it you have had other troubles many of them there are times she went on when one can't help thinking of one's own miserable self i try to be cheerful but those times come now and then she stopped and looked at me with a pale fear confessing itself in her face you know who selina is she resumed my friend the only friend i had till you came here i guessed that she was speaking of the quaint kindly little woman whose ugly surname had been hitherto the only name known to me selina has i dare say 
told you that i have been ill she continued and that i am staying in the country for the benefit of my health it was plain that she had something to say to me far more important than this and that she was dwelling on trifles to gain time and courage hoping to help her i dwelt on trifles too asking commonplace questions about the part of the country in which she was staying she answered absently then little by little impatiently the one poor proof of kindness that i could offer now was to say no more do you know what a strange creature i am she broke out shall i make you angry with me or shall i make you laugh at me what i have shrunk from confessing to selina what i dare not confess to my father i must and will confess to you there was a look of horror in her face that alarmed me i drew her to me so that she could rest her head on my shoulder my own agitation threatened to get the better of me for the first time since i had seen this sweet girl i found myself thinking of the blood that ran in her veins and of the nature of the mother who had borne her did you notice how i behaved upstairs she said i mean when we left my father and came out on the landing it was easily recollected i begged her to go on before i went downstairs she proceeded you saw me look and listen did you think i was afraid of meeting some person and did you guess who it was i wanted to avoid i guessed that and i understood you no you are not wicked enough to understand me will you do me a favor i want you to look at me it was said seriously she lifted her head for a moment so that i could examine her face do you see anything she asked which makes you fear that i am not in my right mind good god how can you ask such a horrible question she laid her head back on my shoulder with a sad little sigh of resignation i ought to have known better she said there is no such easy way out of it as that tell me is there one kind of wickedness more deceitful than another can it be hid in a person for years together and show itself when a time of suffering no i mean when a sense of injury comes did you ever see that when you were master in the prison i had seen it and after a moment's doubt i said i had seen it did you pity those poor wretches certainly they deserved pity i am one of them she said pity me if helena looks at me if helena speaks to me if i only see helena by accident do you know what she does she tempts me tempts me to do dreadful things tempts me the poor child threw her arms round my neck and whispered the next fatal words in my ear the mother prepared as i was for the accursed discovery the horror of it shook me she left me and started to her feet the inherited energy showed itself in furious protest against the inherited evil what does it mean she cried i'll submit to anything i'll bear my hard lot patiently if you will only tell me what it means where does this horrid transformation of me out of myself come from look at my good father 
in all this world there is no man so perfect as he is and oh how he has taught me there isn't a single good thing that i have not learned from him since i was a little child did you ever hear him speak of my mother you must have heard him my mother was an angel i could never be worthy of her at my best but i have tried i have tried the wickedest girl in the world doesn't have worse thoughts than the thoughts that have come to me since when since helena oh how can i call her by her name as if i still loved her since my sister can she be my sister i ask myself sometimes since my enemy there's the word for her since my enemy took philip away from me what does it mean i have asked in my prayers and have got no answer i ask you what does it mean you must tell me you shall tell me what does it mean why did i not try to calm her i had vainly tried to calm her i who knew who her mother was and what her mother had been at last she had forced the sense of my duty on me the simplest way of calming her was to put her back in the place by my side that she had left it was useless to reason with her it was impossible to answer her i had my own idea of the one way in which i might charm eunice back to her sweeter self let us talk of philip i said the fierce flush on her face softened the swelling trouble of her bosom began to subside as that dearly loved name passed my lips but there was some influence left in her which resisted me no she said we had better not talk of him why not i have lost all my courage if you speak of philip you will make me cry i drew her nearer to me if she had been my own child i don't think i could have felt for her more truly than i felt at that moment i only looked at her i only said cry the love that was in her heart rose and poured its tenderness into her eyes i had longed to see the tears that would comfort her the tears came there was silence between us for a while it was possible for me to think in the absence of physical resemblance between parent and child is an unfavorable influence exercised on the tendency to moral resemblance assuming the possibility of such a result as this eunice entirely unlike her mother must as i concluded have been possessed of qualities formed to resist as well as of qualities doomed to undergo the infection of evil while therefore i resigned myself to recognize the existence of the hereditary maternal taint i firmly believed in the counterbalancing influences for good which had been part of the girl's birthright they had been derived perhaps from the better qualities in her father's nature they had been certainly developed by the tender care the religious vigilance which had guarded the adopted child so lovingly in the minister's household and they had served their purpose until time brought with it the change for which the tranquil domestic influences were not prepared 
with the great the vital transformation which marks the ripening of the girl into the woman's maturity of thought and passion a new power for good strong enough to resist the latent power for evil sprang into being and sheltered eunice under the supremacy of love love ill-fated and ill-bestowed but love that no profanation could stain no hereditary evil could conquer the true love that had been and was and would be the guardian angel of eunice's life if i am asked whether i have ventured to found this opinion on what i have observed in one instance only i reply that i have had other opportunities of investigation and that my conclusions are derived from experience which refers to more instances than one no man in his senses can doubt that physical qualities are transmitted from parents to children but inheritance of moral qualities is less easy to trace here the exploring minds find its progress beset by obstacles that those obstacles have been sometimes overcome i do not deny moral resemblances have been traced between parents and children while however i admit this i doubt the conclusion which sees in inheritance of moral qualities a positive influence exercised on moral destiny there are inherent emotional forces in humanity to which the inherited influences must submit they are essentially influences under control influences which can be encountered and forced back that we who inhabit this little planet may be the doomed creatures of fatality from the cradle to the grave i am not prepared to dispute but i absolutely refuse to believe that it is a fatality with no higher origin than can be found in our accidental obligation to our fathers and mothers still absorbed in these speculations i was disturbed by a touch on my arm i looked up eunice's eyes were fixed on a shrubbery at some little distance from us which closed the view of the garden on that side i noticed that she was trembling nothing to alarm her was visible that i could discover i asked what she had seen to startle her she pointed to the shrubbery look again she said this time i saw a woman's dress among the shrubs the woman herself appeared in a moment more it was helena she carried a small portfolio and she approached us with a smile End of chapter 40. Recording by Warren Cotty, Gurney, Illinois.